ربكم عليكم ألا تشركوا أو بالوالدين أنا ولا تقتلوا أولادكم صدق الله مولانا العظيم All praise and all gratitude belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher Greetings and salutations upon our noble master Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Let us all recite the Rushari Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim Alhamdulillah, the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala among many, many favors that we are enjoying from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The numerous bounties that Allah ta'ala has blessed us with. From amongst all these favors, one of them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with hidayat and guidance. A great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala has blessed us with hidayat and guidance. And we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses many ways and means and methods to guide people. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His intention is not for us to be misguided and to throw into the fire of Jahannam. That is why we find sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides a person's heart. One way of guidance of hidayat, Allah ta'ala guides a person's heart. For example, a person, not a mu'min, not a believer, is a kafir, grew up in the home of a kafir. After some time, Allah ta'ala guides his heart. Allah Ta'ala turns his heart towards hidayat and guidance. Ya muqallib al-qulub, the control of the heart of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala when he changes the heart and the direction of the heart of a person towards hidayat, then nothing can change this person's mind. One is Allah Ta'ala guides a person via the heart using hidayat. Then we find amongst the many other things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides a person through the Qur'an al-Majeed. kitabu la this kitab is a means of hidayat and guidance. Then we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides people via Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who had come as a means of hidayat and guidance for the entire of mankind. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses different ways and means for the hidayat of people. That is why when Adam alayhi salatu was salam was taken out of Jannat and he was sent into this world, then we know the incident that shaitan came and he said that I will misguide the progeny and the children of Adam alayhi salatu wa I will take away from hidayat and guidance. Hidayat is ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. Every day we are making dua in our salah. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. We are asking Allah to guide us on hidayat on the straight path. And the opposite part is the part of kufr, shirk, the part of misguidance. So shaitan made that pledge and that promise when Adam was sent into this world that I will misguide the children of Adam alayhi salatu I will misguide them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that point assured Adam alayhi salatu that Iblis, Shaitan, will make his efforts. He will do his work. But Allah ta'ala at the same time assured Adam alayhi salatu that what together was sending you to this world, I will send my hidayat and my guidance to your people, to your progeny. فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِنِّي هُدًا فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا خُوفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Allah Ta'ala assures, Adam alayhi salatu wa assures you and I, that shaitan will do what he has to do, but I will send hidayat and guidance also. And whoever accepts and adopts and brings this into his life, he brings his hidayat, he goes for hidayat, he searches for hidayat, and he brings it into his life. فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ Those who will follow this hidayat and guidance. And Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَا خُوفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ That on the day of Qiyamah, when the decisions will be made, then he will have no fear of what is going to come ahead of him. When a person will stand up on the day of Qiyamah, then everybody will be worried and concerned what is going to happen. And whether I am going to be put into Jannah or Jahannam, so what is going to happen? When my Hisab Kitab is taken, what is going to happen? 
That person who Allah has blessed with hidayat and he follows the commands of Allah in this world, Allah Ta'ala says he won't have that fear on the day of Qiyamah what is going to happen. And at the same time, if of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi in this dunya, he lived his life according to the sunnah way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then on the day of Qiyamah he won't have any regret and remorse with regards to his life in the dunya. Because the kuffar will regret on that day. And what did we do with our life in this dunya? We messed it up, we caused it. They will ask Allah Ta'ala, please send us back to dunya for a little while so we can rectify our life and sort it out. So on that day, the believers, those who have hidayat, Allah has blessed us with iman. Hidayat is what? Allah has given us hidayat, he has guided us on the iman. So those who have iman on that day, they will not regret if they adopted the way of Rasulullah in this dunya, then they will not regret their life in this dunya. This is iman and hidayat. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us. So one is the hidayat of Quran, the commands of Allah. One is the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we find many places Allah Ta'ala has brings these two things together. Quran and Majid. The ayat that we have recited, قُلْ تَعَالُوا أَثْلُمَا حَرَّمَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ أَلَّا تُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Speaking about the hidayat, you follow the commands of Allah and you adopt the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What Nabi Islam has taught us, then we will be on ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem. This ayat, such an ayat, that hidayat and guidance in this one verse. That as Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, a giant, a great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who's regarded as afqahun nas. Nabi Islam given him this title. One is a person studies, he gets a title, he gets a certificate. Then he's earned this title. Yeah, Nabi has given Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu the certificate that he is the faqih and he is the mufti of this ummah. Whereas Nabi Sam further said that whatever Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu says and whatever he is pleased with, whatever decision he's making and he's pleased with it, that I am also pleased with that. But what he will say this is permissible, what he will say this is impermissible and I am pleased with that also. Nabi Sallallahu had endorsed and certified his fatwa already. This was Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu on one occasion, he gathered all his students and he asked them, that what was the wasiyat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The person passes away, he makes wasiyat. And everybody knows that when someone passes away, for example, someone very close to us, maybe our father or our mother, someone very close, then we want to know what was those last words. What was the last and final words? What was the wasiyat given before he departed? Because they are very important words. Similarly, we know that Abdullah bin Mas'ud asked his students that, you know, what was the wasiyat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We all heard about the wasiyat. The last words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was what? As-salaa, as-salaa, wa ma malakat aymanukum. Before Nabi Sam passed away. And now, a few nights ago was the night of Mi'raj. We spoke about the importance of salah. Right when Nabi Sam passing away, his concern was as-salaa. His last words, as-salaa, as-salaa, wa ma malakat aymanukum. Those that are under us, be careful, look after them. Whether it's our slaves, whether it's our wives and children, Whether are those that are working for us. He kept, imagine the last words before Nabi Islam departed. He didn't tell us, read the Hadjud Salah. He didn't tell us, in so much in charity. But he said, As-Salah, As-Salah. And after that, that was Hukukullah, the rights of Allah. And Hukukul Ibad, Wa Ma Malakat Imanukul. Those that are under us. Be careful how we deal with them. Because this is a great thing on the day of Qiyamah. Our akhlaq and our character. So nevertheless, Abdullah al-Mas'ud says, No, I'm not referring to this was here. That is in its place. 
But I'm referring to the lifelong wasiyat of Rasulullah in his entire life. His entire life was a wasiyat to us. But how he lived his life is a wasiyat to us. Yes, those last words were extremely important, maybe most important. But the life of Rasulullah is a wasiyat to us. And then he recited these verses. This was the wasiyat of Rasulullah lifetime. <laughs> What Allah has made permissible must be permissible. What Allah has made impermissible will be impermissible. Says Allah tushriku bihi shay'a. Don't make any shirk with Allah. This was the wasiyat of Rasulullah's life. Don't associate partners with Allah Ta'ala. In any way, in any form. When we say shirk, then we think about a person who's worshipping idols. Think about a person who's worshipping the sun and moon. But there are many forms of shirk that unfortunately you and I too are involved in. Let's not take out all the fall of Islam. But how many times where our trust and our tawakkul is? But our reliance first comes on other things besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we give importance to other things over the command of Allah. So we have to ask ourselves. So we tell them, Allah tashriku bihi shay'a, the rights of Allah. Worship only Allah. Wabil walidain ihsana, that is the hukukul ibad, the rights of people. That is why Hazrat Ubadah bin Samit radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says that Nabi used to call the Sahaba. This is talking about the importance of hidayat and guidance. The person has iman. How valuable is his iman? Bada bin Samit radiallahu ta'ala anhu says that Nabi used to call the Sahaba and used to ask the Sahaba that who will take bayat in my hands. Sahaba already brought iman that who took bayat in the hands of Rasulullah. But Nabi used to call Sahaba and used to ask Sahaba who is there that will take bayat, take allegiance, pledge in my hand on this ayat of the Qur'an that you will not associate partners with Allah what is halal is halal what is haram is haram and in any way you will not associate partners with Allah that means our total trust our total reliance our iman will be of that level where our total trust is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where our attention will not be diverted to anything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yes we will use the means and the asbab of this dunya but our focus and our trust will be solely in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And will fulfill the rights of people. Ab Ahbar was a Jewish scholar of the time. He was a Yahudi. When he heard these verses, he said, these verses are equivalent, the same, to the Ten Commandments that were given to Musa al-Islam. This is talking about the importance of our hidayat and guidance. Allah has blessed us with but how important is this? When we come to this point, that is why this great month of Ramadan comes. There's no time to go into detail. But this link of this ayat to Ramadan, that this iman has to be of that level. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with these occasions to bring this iman to that level where our total trust and reliance comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is this to acquire taqwa? What is a taqwa? Taqwa means that our iman comes to that level. That we are conscious of Allah Ta'ala at any given time. Iman has two dictates in it. Two things that the category of, of Iman, that has to be part of Iman. And if you want our Iman to come to that level, then we have to pay attention to these two things. This is why Allah Ta'ala has blessed us for these occasions, this month of Ramadan, is to increase our Iman to that level. When our focus and attention goes to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Like how in the month of Ramadan, a person, even if he wants to commit a sin, very hard for him, it becomes difficult for him to commit his sin because he's conscious of it. his iman, the level of his iman has increased to such a level that it will not allow him even in secrecy to break his fast. This is the iman that's in him that has risen to such a level that now he will stay away from all sins that he was committing out of the month of Ramadan. So this iman is two things. One is when a person accepts iman, then he has to fulfill every command of Allah. This is the right of Iman, that he has to fulfill every command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person cannot accept Iman and say, I'm a Muslim, 
But certain things I will do, certain things I will not do. Certain things I agree with, certain things that those I disagree with. This was the quality of the Jews. When Iman was presented to them, then certain things they were favorable, they accepted. Certain things they said, we disagree with it. But Allah Ta'ala addressed Sahaba. He said, Ya ayyuhalladheena when you come into Iman, when you leave your old ways, the race of Makkah, the people of Medina, of the Jews, when those that accepted Islam, Abdullah bin Salam, etc. There were a handful of Jews who accepted Islam. But now that you accept Islam, you accept Islam in totality. You cannot pick and choose. So this is one part of Iman, that when we accept Iman, we accept it in totality. And the second part of Iman is that we, we accept the decree and the decision of Allah Ta'ala. We have to make such an effort on our Iman, and this is the coming of the month of Ramadan, that we make such an effort on our Iman, that we accept every decree and every decision of Allah no matter, whether, no matter whether it's in our favor or not, but we accept that decision of Allah. My house got burned, my car got stolen, I ran and lost my business. This is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iman dictates, this hidayat and guidance that Allah has blessed us with dictates that I have to accept that this is the decision of Allah. This was the quality of Sahaba, but Sahaba went one level above this. And this is what we have to aspire for. And not only were they ha- were they agree with the decision of Allah, but rather they were happy with the decision of Allah. Whether it was in their favor or not. Look at the life of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. We find the time when they were building Masjid al-Nabawi. It was very, very difficult conditions. And they very difficult conditions. They did not have the facilities that we have today. All the machinery, uh, the cement coming ready mixed. Uh, we have all those different electronic ma- ma- machines at our, at our disposal. Sahaba are building Masjid al-Nabawi. They are carrying sand and stone in their hands, on their heads. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is part of it. So it's not an easy task with the blazing sun. The summer months of Medina, it's extremely hot. And Sahaba are building. This is their condition. But under these circumstances and these conditions, they were still happy with the decree of Allah. While carrying this in the hot sun, the difficult circumstances and conditions. What were they saying? Allahumma had al-himal la himal khaybar. Allah, these are not the load of khaybar. This is what we are carrying. We are not carrying the loads of khaybar. What is understood by this? What is meant by this? That khaybar was a very lush and a very rich and productive area, land and place. You are carrying the products of khaybar then you are very wealthy. Meaning you are carrying very wealthy commodity you have with you. It was a very profitable thing. So people would make effort for that. If you are carrying the wealth of Khaybar, then Alhamdulillah, very good. You won't complain. But we are not carrying the wealth of Khaybar in our hands. We are carrying the material of Masjid al-Nabawi. Under these circumstances, under these conditions. But we are happy. We have no complaint. And they further went on to say that, رَضِينَا بِقِسْمَةِ الْجَبَّارِ فِينَا لَنَا عِلْمٌ وَلِلْجُهَّارِ مَالُ not only did they accept it, this was the order and command of Allah and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But, that we are happy with the decree and the decision of what Allah has left for us. Whatever Allah has decided for us, we are happy. Lana ilmun. That we have ilm with us. We have ilm. What ilm they were talking about? We have the ilm of deen, the knowledge of deen. Allah has blessed us with hidayah. Allah has blessed us with guidance. Allah has blessed us with iman. Allah has blessed us to be in the company of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah has blessed us to be in his service of his deen and the deen and the service of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are happy with this. Allah has given the, the 
the jahil, the ignorant one's mal, wealth. Now here they were referring to the ignorant ones, those who had not accepted the deen. But yet Nabi sallallahu is in their presence. The Quran and Wahi has been revealed in their presence. After seeing all this, despite seeing all this around them, they did not accept and bring iman. Then definitely they are ignorant. Definitely they are ignorant. Allah has given them wealth, but Allah hasn't blessed them with hidayat and deen. So they were regarded to the Sahaba as jahils, ignorant ones. We are not interested in them. If Allah has blessed them with wealth, then that wealth is not going to benefit them. Why? Because they don't have hidayat and deen. Allah has blessed us with whatever He has blessed us, little with, but He has blessed us with deen, with hidayat. This we are happy with. And let this Sahaba continue. This must be our condition. If Allah has blessed us with Iman and wealth, then Alhamdulillah. This is from Allah Ta'ala's side. But if Allah has blessed a person with wealth, but no hidayat and guidance, then this person is at a total loss. Sahaba regarded this person as an ignorant person. They had no hidayat, Allah gave them wealth, but they are ignorant. This level and effort we have to make on our Iman is coming of the month of Ramadan. You have to make effort. Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was regarded as that Sahabi whose du'as were accepted, Mustajabu Ta'wah. At his old age, he became blind. And after some time, his old age, he was coming, he came to Madinah Munawwara. And the people saw him coming, the Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Many of the Sahaba already passed away. Maybe there were very, very few Sahaba that were left. And he was not an ordinary Sahaba. He was among the Ashara Mubashara. Those ten Sahaba that Nabi Sam gave them glad tidings of Jannah, they endorsed and gave them a certificate in the dunya while they were alive that you are guaranteed Jannah, you are a Jannati. Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas was one of those ten Sahaba that Nabi Sam guaranteed him Jannah in this world. Now at this old ripe age of his, he's blind, he comes to Medina, everybody is coming to welcome him. Great Sahabi of Rasulullah is coming. Like how when a great alim comes to the country, some people go and meet him, make his istiqbal at the airport. If you cannot do that, then you'll attend the majlis, the gatherings. So these, sahab, these people come now from Medina and they start welcoming as a Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas. And obviously they knew he was that Sahabi whose du'as were accepted by Allah Ta'ala. He was Mustajabu Da'wat. So they obviously they came to him and they started asking him to make du'a for them. And like this he started making du'a for them, one one at a time. This point one important lesson we learn. Someone tells us to make du'a for them, then you must make du'a. You don't just make yes, inshallah I'll make du'a, but make du'a. For the Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas, immediately he was making du'a for the people. This person, oh Sa'ad, you have du'a that accepted, make du'a that Allah Ta'ala grants me this. Make du'a for them immediately. This one quality also we must try to bring into our lives. Someone's asked us to make du'a for them, let us make that du'a immediately. Who knows, Allah might accept that du'a at that time. Make du'a for that person, make du'a for ourselves. So this one point, I just mentioned one incident, that many of us sitting here, because this brother was from our masjid, from our area, our locality, many of us sitting here may have known brother Munir Bhai, on the top of Sanford Drive, passed away a few years ago, many years ago. Many of us sitting here will know him. Before he passed away, leg was amputated, he was at home, so we went to visit him. Just on this one point, we went to visit him at his house. His legs were amputated, he couldn't move. He was very, very sick and he passed away not long after that. Allah Ta'ala ran in Maghfirat and cut him high status in Jannah to Firdaus. But I, he had one very good quality in him, amongst the many other good qualities. But I remember we went to meet him, and when you meet a sick person, generally we say, make dua for him. Allah grant him shifa, Allah Ta'ala grant him afiyat, etc. We have to do this. But also we must remember that the duas of a sick person is also very readily accepted. One is we make dua for the sick, but we must also ask the sick person to make dua for us because his duas are readily accepted. Allah's rahmat is descending upon him. His duas are accepted. So when we stood up, we finished meeting, made dua, everything, 
And now we are leaving at the doorway, he shook his hand and I told him, make dua for us because your duas are accepted. At the doorway, at the doorway, he shook his hand, make dua for us, we are leaving, make dua for us. Seek Allah accept the dua. Caught our hand and he brought us back into the house. What happened? He told us, sit down, sit down, do whatever, sit down. We sat down. Thereafter, he picked his hands up and he started making dua. Not just standing on the door saying, make dua, Allah Ta'ala make it easy for you, Allah Ta'ala give you barakat, assalamu alaikum. Oh, call us inside, sit down. He sat down also. And then he lifted his hands and he started making dua. And after he made dua properly with all its etiquettes, not just quick hit and run, but with all the proper adas and etiquettes, a proper dua. After terminating the dua, then he said, this. Someone asked dua for them. This is an amanat to make the dua. Sometimes we forget and tell the person, Inshallah, I'll make dua. And we forget to make dua for that person. The person tells us to make dua, and then take this seriously and make dua for that person. It'll be in our favor also in that person. Allah Ta'ala granted him high status, but he had this good quality that he would make dua for a person immediately. Prophet Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas he makes dua for the people. And after everybody leaves, he's one youngster who was the Qari and the Imam of the people of that time in Medina. Who was a young boy that after everybody left, he came to Prophet Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas and he makes salam. And Sa'ad tells him that you are the Imam and the Qari of this area, of this place. He says, yes. So after talking, eventually this youngster tells her, Sa'ad Abi Waqqas radiallahu anhu, that your du'as are accepted. People come to you to ask you to make du'a for them because your du'as are accepted. So why don't you make du'a to Allah Ta'ala? Allah Ta'ala restores and grants you your eyesight back. Logical question. Person du'a is first, when we make du'a, we make du'a for ourselves. Allah Ta'ala must grant us good health, etc. Nothing wrong in that. We ask, we ask this question, why don't you make du'a, Allah grants you your eyesight now, This is what we're talking on the level of Iman of Sahaba. That we also have to aspire for our Iman to increase. Because Allah Ta'ala tells us in Quran, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ آمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ النَّاسِ We bring Iman, bring the, the Iman like that of the Sahaba. فَإِنْ آمَنُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا آمَنْتُمْ When you bring Iman, bring the Iman like that of the Sahaba. Now, what was the level of Iman of Sahaba? So this was the reply of Sa'ad Abi Waqqas radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He tells this youngster that if my Rabb, if my Allah is happy with Sa'ad in this condition, my Allah, my Rabb is happy with Sa'ad in this condition, meaning blind, then why should Sa'ad not be happy with this condition? Allah is happy with me like this. Allah knows I am blind. And Allah who is this, I must be like this. Allah is happy for me to be like this. Then why should I be happy to be like this? Allah is happy for me. This was Sahaba's Iman. Then whatever conditions came upon them, this came from Allah. Iman dictates I must be happy. This ayah tells us that Allah tushrik to be his shay'a. Our Iman has to come to that level. We are where we are happy with the decree of Allah. And the second thing this ayah speaks about is fulfilling the rights. Others. Be kind. How we associate hukukul ibad, the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this also we have to put in order in its place before the coming of the month of Ramadan. That we have to forgive and forget. The fifteenth night of Shaban is coming, and one of those people or those groups of people that will be deprived from Allah Taala's forgiveness on the fifteenth of Shaban is that person who holds enmity and hatred and malice in his heart for his brother. This person will be deprived on the 15th night of Shabbat. So let us put our affairs in order before the coming of the month of Ramadan for us to get the barakat of the month of Ramadan, for our iman to increase in the month of Ramadan. Let us rectify ourselves. We have a few days, weeks left before the coming of Ramadan. Let us not wait for the month of Ramadan to rectify ourselves, to make tawbah, to ask for forgiveness, to put our life, the gospel, our our relationship to Allah Ta'ala in order and our relationship with the 
مخلوق of Allah or our family and family members and friends put our relationship in order with them as well. Otherwise, it mustn't happen a person says, I read for Ramadan. Like a person, when he sees the red robot in front, then he leaves his foot from the accelerator and he starts pressing the brake. No person comes right to the robot and then he presses the brake. Why? He'll pass the robot. And when he passes the robot, what will happen? Uh, he's putting his own life in danger and he's putting other people's life also in danger. Somebody like that, if we're not going to start now and we say we'll wait for the month of Ramadan and then I will sort myself out, then we are putting ourselves in danger in this sense that maybe we'll not get the trophy. Ask for Tawbah coming the month of Ramadan. When we pass away in this condition, we put ourselves in danger. And similarly like this, we put other people out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq that we prepare adequately for the month of Ramadan. We, whatever the rights of Allah is outstanding, whether it's our salah, zakat, etc., we fulfill this right. And we start reading our five times daily salah. We read our tilawat of the Quran and Majid on a daily basis. We read some zikr every day. So come the month of Ramadan, we are fully prepared for the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.